Hello, everybody. This is Jill Garvin. I am the Director of Psychological Health for the 102nd Intelligence Wing. Today, uh, for our wellness podcast, I have a guest, and her name is Sue Anderson. I know Sue from uh, the Samaritan. She's the board president of the Samaritan. She's, it's a local support organization. They have a crisis line. We've, we've talked about it on this podcast before. They have several support services groups around suicide loss. Sue is also a yoga teacher and coach, working with people who have experienced loss and that are grieving. She offers a lot of um, yoga classes and workshops, and we'll talk a little bit about how she got into that. And at the end of the podcast, uh, we will give some information around some of the workshops and classes she has to offer, and for the one of second as well. Sue is also a suicide loss survivor who lost her son, Ian. And so I've asked her to share a little bit of her story, um, things that might have helped her along her grieving journey. And again, it's always important for us to have this conversation here at the 102nd as we try to reduce stigma and encourage people to seek help um, as quickly as possible. So welcome, Sue. Thank you for being here today with me. Thank you so much, Jill. Yeah, if you don't mind, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about about your son, Ian. Uh, how, how old was he when he died? He was 25, um, and this was uh, nine years ago this April. Mm. Um, and it was a shock, you know. Uh, he did have some, uh, some issues, mental health issues, very stressed. Um, but, you know, we never expected um, that he would die by suicide. Um, and at the time, uh, he was living um, in Rhode Island, and we were here on the Cape. So, um, you know, there was a lot of... It, it, was, it was an interesting time, I would say, because people down here on the Cape where we were living didn't know him. Mm. Um, and so, but everybody that we knew in Rhode Island, you know, where, where we had lived previously, of course, knew him. Um, but I found uh, probably a month after he died um, a resource that was uh, an online forum uh, called the Alliance of Hope for mm -hmm. Suicide Loss Survivors. And one of the first recommendations that I got from somebody there was uh, a breathing exercise. And it was about, you know, inhale to a count of four, exhale to a count of, um, inhale to a count of three, exhale to a count of four. And the idea was to, you know, just, first of all, that keeps your mind busy when you're saying, when you're counting, right? But also just, keep that regular breath because you get breathless, mm -hmm. you know, in grief and stress and anxiety. Um, and I found that just so, so helpful. Um, and then after that, I um, began taking uh, a yoga class locally. And I had done yoga previously, um, actually encouraged by my son, uh, but mostly that was from an exercise standpoint. And now I was um, going to the classes really for more about the breathing 
and the meditation. So it was, that's, that was how I kind of got into it. And, um, and that, as I mentioned, the, the breathing was one of the first things that I uh, found incredibly helpful um, at the beginning of, the, of my uh, grief journey. Mm. I think is. almost every, the last few podcasts we've had, we've actually talked about breathing techniques and the benefits to mm. our nervous system and stress and anxiety. So, yeah, another great example of how it could help you through such a traumatic time. Right, right. And it's, um, I guess you don't really think about it because we don't think about breathing because that's what we do. But you notice when you're, when you start these other breathing techniques, how, you know, you're, you really open up, your chest opens up, for example, you know, your lungs open up a lot more. And one of the things that I noticed about me was I would describe to people probably the first year or, or year and a half, maybe longer, that I had a cloud stuck in my chest. Hmm. That's what it felt like, you know? And so the breathing, you, I could feel uh, every time, you know, a little bit of an opening, a little bit of an opening, you know? Um, so that was, um, you know, it, it was really profound and really helpful for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I am curious... And I know it's it's a difficult subject, but just what were some of your reactions and how did you deal with them in addition to the breathing? And, and the reason I ask is, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, grief is very linear and we go through these certain stages and that's not true. Right. You know, it's messy. It's different for everyone. Um, and so I try as much as I can here to sort of normalize whatever your reaction is is normal given to the abnormal event or whatever the, the sudden loss that happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am, um, I'm an outgoing person. Um, so I like connection with other people. Um, but for me, initially, I did not want to go to any kind of groups. It just wasn't something that was, it didn't feel right. You know, it didn't settle right with me right away. And so I just did one-on-one -on -one counseling, which was, which was very helpful to me. And I did a lot of reading, um, you know, uh, of just all kinds of different, um, different books about uh, grief. Yeah, I was going to ask, ask you about that as well, because I like to give people recommendations mm -hmm. of, of books that might be helpful. Are there any that stand out to you that are helpful with grief? The the one and I'm I'm gonna forget the name of it, but um, there is a a book that I got um, right away. Um, I, and before I tell you the name of it, I just want to say that one of the things that happens to uh, it happened to me, and I think happens to a lot of people that are grieving, is that you can't concentrate. So getting a book sometimes you can't read it, or or you're not absorbing it. Your your mind's not there, right? Um, there is a book um, that is by, um, I believe her name is Martha Whitmore Hickman, um, and it's, a med it's Meditations. It's a very small book. You know, Footprint, is, it's a very small size. 
uh, but it's short little meditations that like you can daily. absorb. Exactly, daily meditations. I think it's actually called Daily Meditations for Grief. Um, and that's one of the first books. And that is a book that I give to people that I know that have of, are grieving. Uh, because I feel like that's something that you can, you can retain. You can absorb that information. Um, other books that I read um, that were helpful, um, one is by um, Annie Lamont. I love um, Annie Lamont. And, <laughs> and I, it's help... I can't remember the last word, but it's three words in the title. Um, And then there were just other, you know, um, grieving, loss of a child. Um, There's another book that I really like. I believe it's out of print. It's called Seven Choices. And that book I I found extremely helpful, um, you know, later on in, in my grief, probably the second second year or third year yeah. um, was extremely helpful. Um, so I think for me it was a it was a mix depending on what the you know what felt right. I did eventually go to um, grief groups. I got involved in some suicide loss day kinds of a, um, events and activities, um, uh, survivors day activities. Um, I did walks, and you know, gradually, um, I had to find different ways to work things out. You know, one of the things um, that was also helpful to me um, was to was rituals. So, for example. Um, you know, my son was um, engaged at the time, so mm. I had all of these ideas of of uh, life events, you know, that I would be participating in with him, or uh, you know, that weren't going to happen. So I actually did a little ritual to to uh, let go of those things, where I, you know, went to the ocean wrote things on paper and threw it in there. Mm. So those kinds of things, um, you know, were very helpful. I think you have to find what, what works. works, you know, to get the, the most important thing is to get, is to move the grief out. And, and that's going to be journaling helps. You know, I do a lot of writing um, and then a lot of moving, you know. I liked what you said around moving, you know, and it never, of course, goes away and you never get over it, but the importance of moving through it and working through it and learning how to deal with it. Um, And and that's how a lot of people will develop post-traumatic stress disorder because often some of us want to avoid those feelings and and we do things to distract like drinking or spending or um or doing other things that don't allow us to to move through those really uncomfortable feelings and eventually yeah that can really turn into something you know complicated grief and, and much more 
and much more serious. So um, it sounds like you found what worked for you and helped you move and things that brought you comfort and um, right. a little bit of um, not resolve, but you know, just allowed you to to sit with the grief a little bit more. Yeah, and you know, I think um, I heard this um, description of grief being like uh, a river where sometimes things are free-flowing and sometimes there's the log in the middle that, that dams everything up mm-hmm. and you've got to figure out a way to get rid of that log. So you can be, um, you know, you can be fine for an hour or a day or whatever. You can, you know, laugh and then you, why am I laughing, <laughs> you know? So there's, there are a lot of things that... Um, that you experience, but I think it's important, at least for me, it was important to find ways to um, to release the grief out of me, and whether that was talking or writing or physical movement or breath work, um, and then sharing with other people, I think, is, is really, really helpful. You know, not to be afraid to do that. I was going to ask you that about connection and the importance of that and if you met other mothers and other parents that had lost children and that had lost children to to suicide. So that's a very powerful support to help you in your grief, it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Um, And my actually two of my college friends both lost children, one uh, as, as a young boy, mm-hmm. and the other one, her son, was 18. Um, so they were there for me as support. But I also found just, um, you know, people that were uh, just, in, just grieving in general um, or, or had lost someone, but maybe they were further along in their grief that were... Um, you know, very comforting. It just, it's, it's nice to make that connection because then you feel like you can talk to somebody. Um, I think no matter who you've lost in your life, it's nice to be able to connect with somebody that has a similar experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't want to, or either you don't want to talk about, um, for example, I might not want to talk about my son, with people that um, maybe are, you know, like they're they don't want they're they're nervous about hearing about my son. Even if I want to talk about something that was fun, you know, or funny about them. Whereas other people might be more open because they've experienced something. It doesn't frighten them. So it's scary, you know, to people that haven't experienced um, grief to. Um, you know, or something like a loss of a child to be talking to somebody who experienced that. So they, mm-hmm. they get nervous about it. You have to, uh, I don't know, kind of give people a little bit of a break. Yeah. I've, know, I've talked to a lot of different grievers that, you know, will, will share something like that and they know who's uncomfortable with it. You know, they'll be at the grocery store and see a neighbor, somebody they've known forever, and they just turn and go the other way because right. they don't know how to bring it up. Maybe it's going to make you feel worse. Maybe it's going to make it worse, you know, so people don't 
say anything and they avoid it. It's always one of the things I've done here too is, is try to offer suggestions for people on what to say to others that are grieving and even what not to say. Mm -hmm. We have here at the 102nd, a lot of our members have worked here for a very long time and they, they've known each other for many years and, and their families. And so there's naturally been, been a lot of loss as well. And so, yeah, I try to just give people a little bit of information on here's what you can say and here's what isn't so helpful to say. Was there anything that somebody said to you or, or that you could suggest that is not helpful to say, especially like I know how you feel? Right. That's a big <laughs> right. one. Well, uh, and, and this wasn't appropriate for me because um, Ian was my only child, but I, re I remember um, one of my college roommates, um, she had cancer. She died young. We were in our 20s. And I remember her mom telling me that people were saying to her, well, you have two other children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and <laughs> the mother was, was like, what? You know. So right. people try to mean well, but they don't, you know, they don't sometimes really re realize what they're saying. Um, I think just, you know, asking how are you today? Yeah. You know, not, not the general like, oh, how are you? But like, how are you doing today? Gives, you know, the person the opportunity to say, oh, I'm, you know, today's a good day. Right. Or today's a bad day you know, something like that. The other thing that um, I think is nice to do is, you know, and this is, of course, depending on how well you know somebody, but, you know, is to talk about um, something that happened that was, um, you know, funny. So the person that, um, that you're grieving, the person that left, you know, oh my gosh, remember this funny thing that happened. Or give you the opportunity to talk about that because I'm talking about something that funny that happened with, you know, with my, you know, best friend or my son or whatever, somebody who's passed away. And, and then you, you know, you would be able to say something too. So just having that opportunity to talk about the person I think is important, but not talk about, don't feel like you have to talk about the sadness. Right. The death. You the can talk death. about their life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, sometimes that's hard. You have to kind of gauge what, you know, mm. what's happening. What would you say is, is, I'm sure there are many things, but what do you miss most about, about Ian? And what do you remember the most? Um, well, his laugh. Mm. You know, he was, um, he was a little bit of a jokester, you know, so that's... Um, that I remember, uh, very, um, very uh, demonstrative, you know, in love, hug, you know, a person that liked to hug. Uh, so I definitely miss that. Um, he had uh, a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. and, um, but, you know, the, I'm still friends with a lot of these friends, which is really nice. You know, there's, they're still in my life. Helped you stay connected. Yeah, helped him. me stay connected, and I think was was good or is good for both of us. You know, certainly was good um, early on, but uh, um, yeah. So that's that's what I, um, you know, miss and uh, remember. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly. 
Yeah, and I liked what you said about being able to share joyful memories um, mm. and, and more about their life, not necessarily their death, and other people sharing that with you because they knew him, and that's a connection to Ian. Right. So when somebody shares with you a funny story, that is very nice for you and comforting for you. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, sometimes I think it's harder for people that... Um, you know, when you're in a community, I'll speak in terms of losing a child, when you're in a community that um, everybody knows you and, and knew your child, then sometimes they don't know. It's it's more, it's an, uh, a more awkward situation. They really don't know what to say. Because for me, because my son was in a different state, people didn't know him because we moved here, you know, after he was a teenager, um, you know, it, it was in a sense a little bit easier, um, because I didn't have people that didn't want to talk to me in the grocery store because they, they only knew me, you know, and, and they knew me just from the neighborhood or, you know, mm -hmm. a gym class or something like that. You know, they didn't really know me as the family that grew up and the kids in school and all of that kind of history. So I think sometimes that's a little bit harder for people. Um, and, and it doesn't, it, whether it's a child or a husband or sister, or, you know, wife, whatever, I think sometimes it, that is a little bit more difficult. Um, it just, uh, th that I've heard from other people. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's helpful. So it sounds like you started utilizing breathing techniques and you got into yoga and and learning how to be in your your body and and how and that really helped your grief tremendously and the other thing i want to talk about is i know that now you help a lot of others yes by offering what helped you to the community so can you tell us a little bit about your workshops and classes and how, how you kind of started doing that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I uh, practiced yoga for um, probably five years before I took my teacher training. And over that time, um, over the teacher training and as I began to um, teach different classes, I found that uh, I was drawn to uh, classes that were maybe a little bit um, more gentle, that were slower, that allowed the participant, uh, the student, to really just um, re relax and, um, you know, have that opportunity to, to uh, meditate and just you know, kind of get into their own head, you know, and, and have that, um, find that time because we don't really get a lot of that time for stillness and silence. And, um, and, and that I saw was very beneficial to a lot of people. As I got involved with, uh, the Samaritans, um, which was four years ago in April, um, I uh, also got involved in some other organizations 
that uh, another organization here on the Cape called Sharing Kindness. Um, and that kind of began to shape a little bit more of these special classes that I was doing or workshops that were associated with, um, or, or I'm sorry, working with people that are grieving and combining the breath work, uh, gentle movements, and restorative yoga to help people have that opportunity to, um, you know, g get um, get some of that energy, negative energy out with movement, and then that relaxing uh, piece of it in restorative. So, so that really over the last couple of years is where um, is where that's come in. And I've taken a couple of additional trainings in that area um, to, uh, you know, s figure out what are the best poses to use and things like that. So I have um, on my website now, I've got um, a page that's specific to grief and loss, and it has uh, resources there. Uh, there's also another resource page that I have that has additional uh, videos of classes, uh, recorded classes. What is your website? Uh, it's uh, Sue Anderson, which is A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N, yoga.com. Um, so there are resources there, and there's also uh, weekly classes that I teach. So I, I teach two classes on Zoom only. Um, those are Wednesday night and Friday morning. And then I teach a class through a studio in Sandwich uh, that's on Zoom or um, in person. And any workshops? I have a workshop that is going to be coming up the end of April, the beginning of May. I'm, I'm still finalizing the date. It'll be a two-hour workshop um, called Moving Your Grief. And it will um, include uh, breath work, meditation, journaling. And that will be um, hopefully in uh, Hyannis. I'm still getting this space um, signed on and uh, open on, also on Zoom. So it'll be in person and on Zoom. Great. And so are, do these cost or are they free? So the uh, the classes um, are between ten and and twenty dollars, depending on uh, the length of the class. And the workshop um, does have a cost, uh, but that will also um, will also have some availability for um, uh, free if somebody uh, can't afford if it. If somebody can't afford it, yeah, um, uh, you know. So we're working on that as well. Okay. Yeah, Thank you. Class. I look forward to, I, I know I want to do the workshop and your restorative class this Friday. And you also offered when we were talking earlier about doing something online for us here, some kind of a class. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. So if there is, um, you know, if there are a few people, if there's a group, if you want to do something once a month, um, you know, it's it's easy to set up something online. <laughs> you know, that can be done really quickly. It's just a, you know, figure out the time, and you don't have to worry about uh, location. Um, yeah, I'm happy to do uh, to offer offer a class thirty minutes, sixty minutes, whatever. Okay, sounds good. 
Good. Uh, definitely we'll get some feedback from folks here. I really appreciate your time, and, and I wanted to mention the Samaritans again, that they have uh, a lot of different support groups and resources if you are a survivor of suicide yourself or if you've lost a loved one to a suicide. Uh, they have some different things that they do. And, um, and again, the, the crisis line is available, and that's all on the CAPE. Is there anything else that I left out or forgot about that you would want to mention before we close up? No, I don't think so. I, I think we've covered uh, a lot of territory. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and, and telling us a little bit about Ian. I think it, it helps a lot of people to share your experience, strength, and hope, and, and thank you for being here, Sue. You're so welcome. Okay. Thank you for inviting me.